Welcome back, everybody, to Opportunity Knocks, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, hustlers of all types, salespeople, anybody who's looking to create opportunities for themselves or help other people get huge opportunities and benefits from meeting them. And today's, uh, by the way, my name is Dean Miller. I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's guest is one of a kind. And when I say that, I I mean that with all sincerity. He is the first person to ever invite me onto an actual podcast. So I appreciate that. I broke my cherry at his, in, in his shop. <laughs> um, he is a entrepreneur, a hustler, an educated, well-educated person, a guy who cares, a guy who makes a difference, a guy who's always willing to lend a hand, do the right thing for other people. I truly believe he lives and dies by doing the right thing is always the right thing. He's the guy who will open up his own podcast talking about cat urine, feces, <laughs> human waste, walls falling down, fleas, ticks. I haven't heard you talk about chiggers yet, but I'm sure that you'll come up or come run into one of them as well. He is the epitome of entrepreneur, in my opinion. He's an absolute sweetheart of a guy. He's the guy who opens up all his shows by saying, yeah, kid, yeah. here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, the handsome home buyer, Captain Permit, the one and only Charles Weinraub. Charles, awesome, thanks so it. much for coming in and doing this. Now that, I mean, you have an unbelievable setup here. Oh, you have an unbelievable setup here. So now I really get to appreciate your voice. You got a smooth voice, my man. You like going down that path. Yeah, I had Ooh. Femi on here a couple of days ago and I'm like, you like talking about voices, don't you? Smooth. I think I mentioned this on, <laughs> on my podcast, but I'm telling you, like if the real estate thing doesn't work, which I know it will because you're crushing it, but- one nine hundred numbers. I'm telling you, there is some lonely women in the Midwest that would pay nine ninety nine a minute for that. Uh, listen, we all have multi. We, we all have skills and talents that we don't necessarily uh, bring to the forefront Utilize. all the time. <laughs> Utilize. Thank you. That's yes. the word. You got me all flustered here. I appreciate it, dude. You're you're just it, you know. I've gotten to know you from this. We met and it was like three days later. I think I was sitting in the studio doing your podcast after we had a quick meeting because we were introduced yeah. by some mutual friends, um, some of which who may be on the schedule to be here, others who I want to get on the schedule. But I think it was Christina Shaw. Yeah, she's amazing. There was a connection that, that, that introduced us and we met over at Cliffco's office, had a great conversation. We created some great content out of it. Uh, and then doing your podcast was great. And it was, it was nice because I had my videographer with me at the time. Mm -hmm. And from there, it stemmed where you actually went out and hired somebody. You got Matt working yeah. for you now uh, and you're doing some incredible stuff. And I love watching your content because for, if for no reason other than the fact that it's purely entertaining, uh, yeah. but it, it's informative, it's educational. You bring huge value and you talk about great things. Shoot. No, I really appreciate that. I mean, you, I've mentioned before, I'll say it again. You, uh, you push me over the edge, man. So like, you know, I've been thinking about doing it for a while I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I really got to document this. I really got to up my level of, of content and social media. And then being around you, I'm like, this guy's onto it. He's doing it right. I get it now. And then like a week later, yeah. I found Maddie, the stars aligned. And it's been a crazy ride over the last three months. And you I have you no thank downtime. You had no downtime. I mean, you literally jumped in head first. That, that's the way I do. Yeah. That's the way I do everything, man. I mean, I feel like you have to take calculated risks in business. Like you just don't like you just don't jump. You have to prepare to a certain point with most things, but something like this, you just go and you just do it. It's a no brainer. I mean, you're out there and you're, you're pushing it to the agents. And I don't think people, for as many people as are doing this, I think it's only like a small, small, small percentage of people that really, really get it. Like you're out there in the real estate world. You're the poster person for this. In my opinion, people haven't really got it. They just, all they do is come up with excuses on yeah. why they haven't done it, why they shouldn't do it. It's awkward. And even the people that you feel are like the most confident when it comes to doing stuff like this or video, they, um, something happens. I don't, I don't get it, yeah. but it's a game changer. You know, it's, I, I don't have that, that, uh, that high eye influencer type personality by nature. It's not, it's not in me to look for the spotlight. Um, I I'm, you know, we talk about disc personality profiles. I'm a high D personality. I'm just dominant. Get it done, get it done, get it done. Uh, that that's my, my thing. So stuff like this is challenging for me. Even sitting here today, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable and probably never will be. I was just, it's not in my DNA to, to be 100% comfortable doing that's it. Shocking actually. But, but I've learned over the years and studying psychology and studying personality types, how to be the chameleon, because I, we, we just put up a post a few minutes ago on Instagram about communicating with people in a way that they want to be communicated with. Yes. And this is a means of communication that people are absorbing in ridiculous amounts nowadays. So you want to make a difference in people's lives. You got to step out of your comfort zone and you got to be where people want to want to 
consume information. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, I appreciate the kind words, but it's, you know, it, it's just something that I feel you have to do. But it's just cool. And, um, and don't take this the wrong way. Cause I'm in the same boat as you. Like we're not spring chickens. We're not like, you know, we're not 22. We're not I'm going to be 50 in, in six weeks. So for you at this point in your life, or I guess this is just, this is just who you are. So you'll do this for your yeah. life, which is be regularly outside of your comfort zone. Without a and, doubt. And that's what it comes down to. Like every time I'm in a, a situation where I'm like, you know what? I feel a little bit uncomfortable doing this. That's like, probably the time to jump. I'm like, all right, cool. I have to, I have to embrace this because now I know there's going to be growth at this point. Right. So, and people might not even see it. Just like when you said that to me just now about how you're uncomfortable doing this, never in a million years yeah. would I ever think, I, I feel like you love this stuff. I, but you see that, that's the other side of it. I really do enjoy this because I, I look at the conversations, the phone calls, the text messages, the DMs, the IMs that I'm getting from people. And they're like, Dude, you're killing it. I love it. Can you help me? Can I be on? Can you come do mine? And ultimately to me, the thing that makes me most comfortable is making a difference in people's lives. You know, I met a kid at a networking event last night, walked in, had the mic on my shirt. He didn't even see the camera coming up the stairs behind me. He knew immediately what I, what I was looking to do. And he grabbed me and we talked for a good 20 minutes about everything. And I, sure enough, I pick up a stack of business cards today that are at my house. I stop home at a meeting out in Hop Hog. I stop home for a quick lunch, pick up the business cards to come back here to do my follow-up with people. His is literally on top of the stack. There you go. I sit down at my computer. I open it up to go put them into my database to send them a message. And all of a sudden the phone rings. And it's him? And it's him. That's freaky. And we spent another 40 minutes on the phone nice. on, on and off. And this is, this is a guy who's, uh, comes from a different industry. You know, he's again, no spring chicken. He's not an old timer, but he's probably a little bit younger than me, uh, looking to reinvent himself. And where's the opportunity? Boom guy, this is what I do. What can I do to help you? And that's what we talked about. He's going out to Vegas to go to Tony Robbins business mastery, which people have been telling me for years that I should go do. And I never have. And I said, I got an idea. Why don't you come in and do the podcast with me the minute you get back from that trip? Nice. He's like, why? I said, well, A, it's going to share who you are. You're new in the business. You need to get your name out there to people. This is one way to promote it. Uh, but B, I want to pick your brain about what you got out of that event, because what happens there is life-changing for many of the people who go. And if you can help push somebody one step further to go make do something to make a difference in their own lives, it brings huge value to everybody. So we got it on a schedule already. That's awesome. Plus, yeah, yeah he's come, he's, he's at that high point when he first gets back yep. too. like, it's all fresh in his mind. He's all emotional and people can feel that. And that's it. And I, and I think there's, cause so many times people go to conferences and you get rah, rah, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to implement 8,000 things. And you don't do a damn thing. You yeah. sit on your ass and you say, well, what would have happened had I done it? When you go back to the conference next year yeah. and you did nothing. Um, so let's talk, come on, let's talk a little bit about you. This isn't just about me here, boss. Um, which, which you want to be the captain or you want to be handsome first? Let's um, anybody go. you want me to be. All right, so what hat am I putting on first? Let's, tell me. let's do this. Okay. You were in the process. You're still going to school. Yes. All these years later. Where'd you, where'd you go to college? So um, I went to Farmingdale for a year, Nassau for two years, and then I graduated from Hofstra. I was on the five-year plan because I never wanted to grow up, man. Nothing wrong with that. I never wanted to grow up. I was like, I never thought I would grow up. All I wanted to do was surf and hang out. I didn't care about grades. And then I went to Farmingdale for the first year. And then I was like, I hate this, but you know what? Maybe I should transfer and get my shit together because if one day I do want to grow up, I probably need to have some opportunity. Okay. And then that's like, that's when it changed. Very good. And you got into business. So uh, when let's, I was- Let's go through your life path a little bit. All right. We'll, uh, we'll give you the, the quick high level. Yeah. So- I graduated from there again, still didn't want to grow up. My father at the time owned a Mako body shop franchise in Brooklyn. And he's okay. like, listen, there's a building in Hempstead. I was 23. That the building in Hempstead, it's set up as a Mako that went out of business. We can get into this thing for next to nothing. Because at that point, real estate hadn't really taken off. Like it was early 2000s. So it was right after like the dot-com bubble right. burst. So right after that, real estate prices took off and they never actually came down again. So it's a very different That's world sure. now. And he's like, we can get into this thing for nothing. And fear of regret in sales, I learned fear of regret is the biggest motivator in life. So I'm like, you know what? I, this isn't really my thing, but I don't want to regret not taking this opportunity. So I did it. And I was in Mako for 10 years and it was an amazing experience. My father's partner was a classically trained salesman. Like this guy used to sell electrolytic vacuum cleaners door to door in the seventies. Guys are the best. The, if you can't learn from them, you can't learn. This guy taught me the, what I believe is the lost art of sales. 
And that changed my life. And then when I was 27, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, I'm going to be a professional investor. That is it. So great. What does that mean? What's the process? How do I get started? What am I going to invest in? Is it going to be stocks? Is it going to be real estate? So I started studying uh, Graham and some of and Buffett and some of the great stock investors. And I'm like, this isn't for me. Like, I'm not saying you can't make a lot of money in stocks. You can. Guys make tons of money in stocks. It's, I'm just not built that way. Right. So real estate. So I ended up taking a one-day intensive course at NYU on foreclosures. This is right after the real estate market crash in like 2009. Okay. Because everybody thinks, oh, you're going to be an investor. The banks are giving them away. Yeah. They're just, just, just locked free up. Free money, free your, houses. Get your free distressed <laughs> properties, um, which is obviously not the case. But when I was there, the teacher said, join the local RIAs. So I joined- Explain, explain what a RIA is, please. So RIA, RIA stands for Real Estate Investment Association. And they have them all over the country. Yep. They have multiple ones on Long Island. They're fantastic resources depending on who's running them. I met my two original mentors. One is one has since passed and one is alive. His name is Carl Chavone. He runs the one East Coast RIA that's out of Levittown. They meet okay. once a month. And he has a coaching program. And that changed my life. I met him and I met a gentleman named Les Jansen who has since passed away. And they became my mentors. And I trained with Carl for like three or four years while I still in the makeup before I ever did a deal. And then I did my first deal and um, that was it. I put the makeup up for sale immediately. And then it's been five and a half years since. And the we've bug done got you. hundreds of hundreds of houses since then. And that's it. And, and I love, I love that part of the story because you, you can uh, watching you, I can see the emotion in you when you talk about your mentors and the people who came before you and the people you learned from. And, and I, all I hear in that, because, you know, we, we call the show Opportunity Knocks because I believe it's always there. Yeah. Uh, most people just don't want to hear it and others just hear it and they just cower and hide. And every single step that you took along that way, you, you were either presented with or created an opportunity for yourself and you learned something from it. Maybe you made money, maybe you made a little bit, maybe you lost some money, but you kept moving forward from that. And I, I love that part of your story. So now you're in the business. Mm -hmm. Where does this crazy cartoon character come from? Handsome home buyer? Yeah. So again, I've, I've only been in the business five years, so it hasn't been that long. But at the very beginning, there was a gentleman, I've never met him, but I spoke to him once and he's a very nice guy. His name is Chris Cherenza, Mr. Cash Buyer. They call him Mr. Cash Buyer. You ever heard of him? Sure. I, I, I believe I met him at an event out in Suffolk County a couple months ago. Yeah, I've I got to see his face, but I can guarantee you, I, I'm I'm 95% sure I met him. I've never uh was everybody like suited up? It was like a formal event? No, this was okay, a casual okay. one. It was a it was an Instagram small Instagram group of guys. Um mortgage company and a marketing guy put it together and they said, you know, we can help maybe we can we can tweak the algorithm a little bit if we all help work to support each other when we mm -hmm. post, we can comment and like and all that kind of stuff. And they had a meet and greet and it was an interesting day. Uh, I'm not, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure about if, if he was there for that. I saw him at a different event that I thought I saw you at, but he, um, so he had a cartoon. So I'm trying to come up with a name and the girl I was dating at the time or my ex fiance, I'm like, I have a buddy that always calls me handsome. He's like, handsome, handsome, handsome. I'm like, I'm gonna name myself the handsome home buyer. She's like, you can't do that. What kind of a vain asshole <laughs> names himself the handsome home that buyer? That kind right there. I'm like, and I love it. People are going to remember it. Fast forward today, like everyone just calls me handsome. That's yeah. my name. It's yep. in their phones. Like yep. it's, it, it's this persona now, which is funny because now that I'm getting into real estate development, these bigger developers, my teachers at NYU, et cetera, are like, yo, you might want to tone that down. I'm like, yo, that's who I am. Yeah. Man. The legend of. Yeah. And, and nobody, if, if I can't be me all the time, 24 seven, then, then who am I? The only reason I got here is because yep. I was myself. The moment I changed that is the moment it all goes to yeah. shit, in my opinion. Yeah. So he had a cart, he has a cartoon character. And I was like, that's a great idea. And I, uh, I met a tattoo artist okay. who's done, who does basically all my artwork. And he came up with the handsome home buyer and then later came up with the uh, captain permit. Captain, which is basically a handsome home buyer with a cape. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I wanted it to be my brother-in-law who has an amazing beard, which I'm trying to replicate right now. Not you, as you've well. Got, you've got rock solid beard game going on right now. I'm on the way. I'm like 50% there. All right. 50% where I need to be. So uh, I wanted it to be him, but he doesn't like to be in the spotlight in the same way that I am. So okay. I was like, you know, so we, we all do what we're good at. I know what I'm good at. He knows what he's good at. So it works. I'm a marketer. I'm a relationship builder. I'm an idea guy. I'm a money raiser. Yeah. You know, he's an operations guy. Okay. So, so let's go down that path. What is, 
let, let's talk Captain Permit first. Okay. What is Captain Permit the business? So essentially Captain Permit at this point is a drafting architectural design and expediting company, which essentially means that we draft plans, we bring them to the town. We help people navigate the unbelievably frustrating process that is getting permits or legalizing structures that are on their house from, whether it's from 30 years ago or whether it's a new house that you want to build or office that you want to renovate, whatever it is, that's what we do. So how Captain Permit came about is the architectural, I would say almost every industry, in my opinion, and you're, you know, you're, you're showing it in the real estate world right now with what you're doing in the brokerage world is poorly serviced. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you could see that people are like, oh, there's no opportunity. I'm like, there's opportunity in every Everything. business. There are huge holes right now. The world is changing. It's like tectonic plates shifting and the, the gaps in every market and every industry are so huge. So all you have to do is look. There's so much, and I'm not, I don't say this to be generational. There's so much entitlement out there. Oh, yeah. And it's not a millennial thing. It's, it's an everybody thing. Yeah. Because like I said to someone the other day, I know more 50-year-old schmucks than I do 25 and under-year-old schmucks. And the millennials, I think, are some of the hardest working people out there. So this is, you'll never hear me take a cheap shot at them. But I, I think that's universal. Service is going away. And having standards is going away. And I think part of that is the consumer has become accepting of it, which we can't blame the consumer for. They just become... The victims, but too many people think they're too important to give a damn about what other, what's going to happen to other people. People are just freaking lazy. You know, what's crazy. We've become a service oriented society that sucks at service. Yeah. And there's no gratitude. We don't make anything anymore. No. We're a service oriented society and we suck at it. There's nothing that's going to come out of your mouth or my mouth today that hasn't been said by dozens no. and dozens and thousands of other people before. No. But you know what? Here we are regurgitating the same old garbage that so many people need to hear. Get off your ass, do some work, give a shit about your customer. Yeah. And not only about yours. Like in my case, I, I look at it on, on the real estate side, you know, with the real estate company we have, just because we represent a buyer doesn't mean we shouldn't care about the seller. I walked into a closing on Monday and gave a gift to every party involved. Why? Because none of them got in the way of getting the job done. And I was appreciative of that. Walked into other closings where I've given gifts to everybody and everybody did everything in their power to piss everyone else off. And I got to walk out with a shit-eating grin on my face saying, I did the right thing. Yes. I'm good. No, with, with, without a doubt. Yeah. In five years of college, I really didn't learn anything. The only thing I remember is one professor telling me that just because it's business doesn't mean it can't be personal. Yeah. And, and that always stuck with me. So God bless my parents who spent all that money on a college education. That was the only thing that came out of it. But you know what? That one thing Could, yeah. is really the one thing that seems to be driving you to do so much better for not only your own, your own gain and your business's growth, but for the people that you serve. Yeah. But listen, when, when we first met and we talked about it, I really didn't understand who you are or what you did. And I'm not afraid to admit that, but I learned quickly. And the minute I had a question for you about a property that we had, you said to me, you get any listing you get, send me the address. We'll find out if there's any issues with the property that, yeah. that may come back to bite your client in the tail on the back end of the deal. And sure enough, I randomly picked up the phone and said, okay, here's the address. What do you got? And three days later, you sent this one there and that one there and someone came back and boom, that house is good to go. No problems. I know there's going to be three others coming up real soon that I'm going to run the addresses by you. And I'm going to go to my client and say, I told you so. Now here's what we got to do so that we don't fall flat on our face. That's service. And what'd you get paid for those things? Absolutely nothing. It costs us money. It costs yeah. us $25 to do each search. But again, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to that. And you know, we're, this is what I think people need to know as far as like jumping before nothing's ever perfect with captain Perma right now, captain, this is why captain Perma came about. I spent tons, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars with expertise and architects to get lousy, lousy service. That cost me a ton of money and carrying costs and other opportunities and costs of money, et cetera. So finally, I'm like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. I'm going to build my own. So for the first, Captain Perry's been existed for 12 months. For the first six months, we serviced only my properties. And then I'm like, there's such a huge opportunity here. I'm going to resell the service. But there are, there are challenges that come with things like that. Scaling a business yeah. is very difficult because if you have the one person like myself or like you, the further you get away from that center ring, the more watered down or muted the signal becomes. The key is 
trying to implement processes, which you're great right. at standard operating procedure to amplify that. So it's, it's as close to you as possible, but it'll never be you. And, and, and nor should it be, you know, I, so I, I have a, a business coach and a marketing guy that I work with and I meet him three out of every four Wednesdays every month on, and I was there this morning for two and a half, three hours. And we talked about exactly that, you know, as, as an entrepreneur where one of my, one of my verticals is the real estate business. I've got others. Um, and I've always had, I've always had my hands in multiple things, but we're focusing mostly on the real estate because we see the biggest opportunity to have the most impact on the most people. It's not about the most money that probably will come along with it. But the reality of it is we want to have an impact so that we can raise enough money to donate into military, uh, to veterans funds and, and, and homeless veteran situations, things like that. And whether it's starting up our own organization or partnering with some others around the country, that's what ultimately drives me. And I believe I make the difference. The dollars will find me and I'll live a comfortable life and be, be able to give away seven plus figures a year. That's my end goal. Nice. Um, but we look at that and we were talking about the message saying, you know, while I'm the eight, you know, for now, I'm the primary agent at Dean Miller Real Estate. I'm also the virtual assistant, the administrative person, the marketing person, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. CEO and janitor and everything in between. Without a doubt. And that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. But to your point, moving further and further away from that, if you, so we strongly believe in having a rock solid set of core values and we hire to those core values and we will fire to those core values. You come in and violate any of them and you're no longer in alignment with what the company's goals are. And that doesn't mean you need, you might want to put a homeless vet in a house. You might, you, you might want to go cure cancer. You might want to go buy a boat. doesn't matter to me, but the company stands for something. And I think where you can have the benefit is if you understand what your mission, mission, your vision, your core values truly are, that will resonate with everybody. And the further you get away from that original role you had, yes, it may get a little bit diluted because your personality, your tone of voice, how you handle things is going to be different than anybody else. But if there's trust in the organization, I think the core values will keep it together and you never have to fear things going a completely different direction. That's yeah. just my, that's my rabbi moment for the day. No, that, uh, that absolutely, that absolutely makes sense. But as uh, you know, I put out a video the other day about, you know, finding quality people or scaling. Scaling is, is the hardest part, in my opinion, of any business. And mm -hmm. then there's levels of that. You can get to like X amount of dollars a year. Like, you know, they, I think I was listening to this thing and said something like, you know, 15 or $20 million in revenue. Like it's, it's decently not easy, but you could get there from that point, jumping to the next level of really getting almost like institutionalized is very, very, very hard. Yeah. And it seems to be hard for a lot of different reasons. But one being in suburbia, it seems that there's a big migration of younger people to cities. That's just a trend right now. Long Island's not making it easy. No. You know, it's, it's nimbyism. So they, they really are, are against development, which is what younger people want. They want transit-oriented development. They want to live a certain kind of lifestyle, et cetera. If you don't have those for those people, if you don't have the job opportunities that can pay them to afford to live here, people are leaving. Yeah. And in and, and masses, they're leaving. Masses. The only reason why we have level or slightly increasing, and I mean slightly like 0.01%, is because there's certain groups, certain ethnic groups that are migrating in, but otherwise we would be getting crushed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. People, there's huge, huge, I see huge change in the world right now. And, um, you know, people got to get on it or it's going to be bad for Long Island. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I don't ever like to get into racial or ethnic or political or religious things, but the reality of it around here is the gov, the, the local government here on Long Island, I think really need to get their heads out of their tails. And it's not a left thing or a right thing. It, it it's a self-serving thing. It, it really is. You know, it's like, I, I do. A perfect example. I look at the whole, the whole arrangement they tried to pull with Nassau Coliseum years ago and one person in government shut the whole thing down. The island is lost. The jobs left with it. Yeah. They did some work to the place. They put, you know, they put lipstick on the pig and, and made the Coliseum something a little nicer. And now the islanders are coming back and you look at the opportunity, but had they done that work years ago, how many more people who live here could have stayed here? And instead we've got, like you said, we've got people migrating in, who are new to the community, but the people who are the ones who built that community, not that there's anything wrong with that, please. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. You get, if your money can turn to green, we don't care who you are. As long as you can pay your taxes, be a value to your community, God bless. That's what we want. But when you see people whose kids want to stay here yeah. and they just can't afford to, even yeah. when they're making good money, 
just the commuting costs back and forth to the city or what kind of jobs are out here on Long Island that make people want to come here in, in droves. It's, it's, it's a shame what's happening around here. People are leaving. And as people get older, like, listen, I, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of real world mentors and real world experience, my father, his partner, et cetera. And I've had a lot of formal education, but they don't prepare you in school for anything. You want to so, get me on a rant? Go ahead. They don't, they don't prepare you. I mean, schools, in my opinion, are failing kids every single day. Like they don't have any classes about real life, balancing a checkbook, how to invest. Cause that's, that's not really what they want. Were you stalking and listening to what I was talking to the other day? <laughs> We're just kindred spirits, it, man. It really, it's I, that exact reference. I mean, granted, you don't need to balance a checkbook in the same way we did 20 years ago because nobody writes checks anymore, but basic finances. Yeah. kids. Everyone wants a credit card. Nobody realizes what 18 to 26% interest is going to kill you on in a matter of weeks if you're not careful. And, Without a bet. And debt and mortgage. and. I mean, how about this? Here's something very simple that I don't think people get. Economic cycles. It is 100% factually, historically proven over the last 100 years that every 7 to 12 years, there is going to be a correction of some point at some kind. Yep. Right? Some are bigger than others. Usually they're small, then there's big, and it cycles back and forth. You can't live maxed out on credit card debt, buying a house at like 48% DTI, debt to income, yep. and then expect that your, that your best year is going to be the same every single year. Right. It's not. No, it's not going to happen. Stop buying useless crap that you don't need to impress people that you freaking hate and don't give a shit about <laughs> you. Doesn't even make any sense. That, that, college, that high school girlfriend you have that you haven't seen in 30 years, you know, does it really matter if she sees you? Oh, and it, it just cracks me up. The crazy bogus Instagram lifestyle. And listen, yeah. I love Instagram because it's an amazing platform when used properly. But, but I mean, otherwise it's, it is detrimental to a lot of people, to a lot of relationships for a lot of different yeah. reasons, to a lot of people's mental health. In my opinion, it's, um, you can use superpower for good or for evil That's right. and it goes both ways. Yeah. It's, I, I can't remember who, and I'm sure everybody out there who knows anybody that I know will remember where I saw it. But recently I, somebody said something about, you know, it would be great if we all walked around on Twitter and live streamed it when we fell down. We just got up and said, oh shit, look, I fell down. Ha ha. And keep walking. Everybody says, no, I'm not. Don't, don't look at me falling down. Look down at the Gucci, the Armani, the whatever shoes I'm wearing. Like it, bullshit. <laughs> and those people, like, it's always interesting to the people that you think that appear to be the happiest are always the ones that yeah. are, you know, it's, it's a big reason why we've chosen to go the route that we've gone with a lot of our, our business related social media stuff is we talk about stories and situations and points. And I've got no, if more people shared their failures, there would be so many more people out there winning. Yeah. Realism is what really penetrates. There's so much noise out there. If you want to get heard or if you want to give people, if you want to impact people's lives, just be real about it. That's it. And people respect the failures. Yeah. They, they like the highs. They like the lows. They get it. They identify with that. It's what connected me with you the minute we started talking was, you know, I, you know, you threw some big words out there that I didn't totally understand. And I'd be the first one to admit I went to dictionary.com more than <laughs> once. No, but I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but listen, like we were, we were talking, you were talking about, and I said, tell people what that is. I want yeah. people to, I don't want people to feel dumb when we're talking. I, you know, if I use a big word, it's only because someone said it to me nine times in the last hour. I don't remember stuff like that. Uh, I'm good at what I do. I don't claim to be the most intelligent person in the world, but you know what? I've got a lot of life experience that I want to share with people. Yeah. And when I get the opportunity, opportunity to talk with people and only say the per perfect example. I got asked to sit on a panel at a real estate conference years ago. It's probably 14, 15 years ago. I'm sitting between two guys I'm like they're not that great. I've, you know, and I, I always research people. Um, and we get up on stage and one guy says, I sold 150 houses last year and I'm going to do 250 this year. And the other guy says, I made $6 million. And I got up and said, I've sold 23 houses. It's the second best year of my career. But I could show you my I could show you my tax return and show you how much money I kept. I don't know about these clowns. The next year we went back, I got asked to be sitting to sit on the same panel. That's great. One guy was in jail and the other guy was broke. Wow. Yeah. Frauds. Wow. You know? So it's listen, I I don't hide anything. 
warts and all. This is this is me. Love me or leave me. I'm good either way. And I think more people need to be like that. Why are you trying to impress strangers? Why are you trying to impress anybody? The only person you got to impress is the guy who looks back at you in the mirror every day. Yeah. It, at the root of all of it, people like to complicate everything. For the most part, I don't think anything is really complicated. It's simple. Just yeah. people tell themselves these things. It's all, um, it's, it's security or insecurity. Yep. That's basically, yep. uh, that's what it is. All right, let's move on. Next business. What do you got? What do you got? So we got the permit situation. Got the permit situation. We're give doing me the, that. Give me the 30 second version on where Captain Permit came from and where it's going. Because I want people out there listening who can create opportunities for you because you are, when I use the word opportunist, there is no negative connotation to it whatsoever. You see an opportunity and you pounce. Which is sometimes a negative because then I start spreading myself too thin, mm -hmm. which I, I, as serial entrepreneurs, we struggle with. So Captain Permit, and everybody should listen to this because it has nothing to do with permits. It was birthed from necessity. And, right. and that's, that's the part of that story that I love the most is, Hey, how do I, how do I leverage this? I talk to people every day. I'm like, and they're like, Oh, I'm like, there's no, there's no opportunity. There's no business. I'm like, listen, just think about something you do every day in your life. That's poorly serviced. And there's your opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I needed it. So I started it. And now I started reselling the service and I'm figuring it out for as much as I know, I know nothing. So I, all I know is this, I need to get it launched operational to a certain point. It's never going to be perfect. I'm always going to be refining it, but you have to get going. If you don't right. get going, nothing will happen. You're going to have to suck a little at the beginning. We, Captain Permit is probably 50% of where I want it to be right now. And um, I'm not ashamed to say that. As far as the industry goes, we're way better than everybody else just because it's so poorly serviced, yeah. but I am not happy at all with the level that we're at right now. And I'm working every day to make sure that it gets better. I just made a massive hire that starts Monday. Who's going to run all the administrator stuff. And it's not going to be done until it's like, you've never seen anything yeah. like this all around. So lead us into handsome. So handsome home buyer is, uh, is where I come from. Essentially I buy very large volumes of one, two, four family houses. And we've done it for the last number of years. We're the biggest, if not one of the top two, three biggest on Long Island. And, uh, it's amazing. But the thing I learned about my personality is I, I don't do this stuff for the money. I do it. I went to therapy recently for a number of different reasons, but, and I learned a lot of great stuff in therapy. One of the best things I learned about in therapy was that I have an addictive personality, which I kind of knew, but that as a guy who has never smoked, never yes. drank, never did drugs and has an addictive personality. That's uh, interesting. That's very interesting. So, I mean, there's a whole story why I, we don't have time for it, I guess, but I, there's a whole story why I never did that stuff, but thankfully I didn't. And, um, so I get bored with stuff. So I'm like a divide and conquer kind of person. So I feel like I've conquered the single family world. And I also feel like if you're not growing and stretching, you're dying, man. Yeah. It's that simple. And that's the thing, like my father owned businesses for many years and I've seen other people in businesses and they just kind of puttered along. And then when economic change came, they got, they didn't do well. And then they had to wait again. You have to anticipate and see that. And now things are moving so fast that as soon as you find something that's successful, you got to take advantage of it. But all of a sudden be thinking, what's the next thing? Right. Let me get out of this thing at the peak, move on to the next one that's the bottom because business and life is about cycles. Mm -hmm. So now we're moving into commercial real estate, which is- Are you moving away from residential or you're adding commercial to the mix? So I'm doing both right now. I'm still doing a lot of houses, far less than I was before because the market is changing. And that is something that I knew was going to happen in SOAR many years ago. But now I'm adding in commercial development. I like to have all the tools. So this way, regardless of what's going on in the market or anything, I can invest in things and make money and provide opportunity and jobs for people. It's that simple. But most importantly- I want to do what few people have been able to do in the hardest place there is to do it. New York. Yeah. It's that simple. That's what drives me. That's what gets me up every day. It's me against the best out there, me against myself. What am I made of? That simple. So my ultimate goal for me, where I feel like I win the game, but when I get there, I'll probably be like, the game goes on, right. is to have a private equity fund, like a Blackstone private equity fund. Okay. So now I have, um, I'm going to NYU. I'm finishing up my master's in real estate development, which is a crazy grind, but a life-changing experience. Yeah, I'm watching that process that you, and it's the hours you keep are, are incredible. You thank God you don't drink, smoke, do drugs. I couldn't do it. No, I, uh, your, I your hours are insane where I'm 24 and I'm barely making it happen. It's like 
pure hunger and drive to get through it. It's, it's that hard. It's like four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. What difference, not to pound on the educational system, yeah. but what difference will it make for you to get that degree as opposed to not? Are you, is it what you're actually learning there is yes. practical for you now? So it's very different. A, I'm 39 years old and I understand and appreciate it. B, I put myself there and I'm paying for every dollar of it. C, I am, I have a lot of real world education now. So when I hear something in that class, it's not like the 25 year olds that are sitting next to me. I get it and I can implement it the next day. On top of that, I am in the presence and learning from the best that have ever done it in their respective field in New York City, which is basically the world. Yeah. And I am surrounded by a network of people, whether it be them who I maintain relationships with all my professors or the students who are typically either brilliant and or descendants of multi-generational, extremely wealthy and well-connected people. Okay. Like two, uh, my first semester, I had a class with Silverstein's grandson. So Silverstein is the gentleman that owns the World Trade Center. Yep. Like we had a project together. He took us into the World Trade Center and gave us a private tour. We hung out. Amazing down to earth guy. Listen, if he was an asshole, I wouldn't be talking about him. He's right. a great guy, but that's who I'm sitting next to. That kid could go anywhere. He doesn't yeah. have to go to school. He's there because it's top three program in the country. Okay. And um, the stuff that I'm doing now, like I have a bunch of big development deals in the works, three acres in Oceanside, um, uh, medical office building in Massapequa. I'm going for approvals for 80,000 square feet of self-storage in Massapequa. And I have a bunch of stuff churning. I would never be there without this program. How big is your, t- your team, your staff? We have a bunch of different businesses that feed each other. We actually scaled down some of the construction stuff, but like last year, 25 people. Wow. And I remember my foreman had come to me and he's like, you know, we support three, 400 people. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, you're buying 60, 70, 80, hundred houses a year. He goes, all of us the sheetrocking company, the painting company, this company, they have family, they have family. And I sat there and thought about it. And I was like, you know what, man, that's the most gratifying part about what I did or what I do. You know, it's not the cars. Like I I live in in an apartment that's half the size of this office. I don't care. I have like $20 worth of gap clothes on me, (laughs) but like we are changing the world. And people told me my whole life that I wasn't going to be shit. Not them to listen. Sometimes spite is the greatest motivator out there. And when I, when I had, uh, when I bought my first Remax office and we had a parting of the ways, my business partner, I had a pretty difficult falling falling out. Um, and as we left, you know, at the time I had never sold 50 houses and he knew that was, oh, that was my goal. And when we parted ways, I sold 48 the next year. Wow. And you know, to be the spiteful, vindictive jackass that I am, I called him up. I said, you know what? You're hundred percent right. I'll never be able to hit that goal. But I sold 48 this year and I'm pretty goddamn comfortable right now. It was the greatest failure. One of the greatest failures of my life. Um, Fucking a. I, I, I spite drives us sometimes. And it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. As long as it drives you to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, not, not the malicious or mean thing. I could yeah, smack them around, but that would have been a whole other issue. <laughs> there's just, there's just no benefit to that stuff. No. Like taking the high road is always the better road. Yeah. It, it really is. Even in the worst scenarios. So what's the future hold for you? I know you touched on it a little bit, but where do you, where do you, where are you looking for opportunities? Where are you creating opportunities? Where are you looking for your successes and can you define them? So I'm looking, I'm always looking for opportunity. I I like the private equity model. So for people that don't really understand what that is, is I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not great at. I'm not a great operationals guy, operations guy, because I have ADHD to the max and I'm high energy and I'm everywhere but I can spot opportunities like that. I can get people fired up. I understand the structure. I can raise money. I can market like a savage. So what I like to, what eventually I would like to do is raise a very large pool of money, which is what private equity is, and then open up businesses where I see there's opportunity and stake people that are the best in class at what they do within that and help them develop and build. So you have this, massive kind of pool of money that's a force above it. And underneath it, you have all these other businesses, whether they be commercial development, whether it be note sales, whether it be uh, LBOs, which is leverage buyouts, which mm-hmm. is buying large businesses. But mostly in the real estate sector. Everything. Okay. That's where like the boredom comes in. I want every angle of it. So I got to meet um, John Henry. 
John Henry. John Henry started a company called Harlem Capital. Okay. Uh, up in Harlem. And it's a venture group. And you, you got to look up his story. He's a kid who came from the neighborhood. Uh, dad started a clothes cleaning business, ended up getting all these big law and order and movies and everything else, sold the company for like a million bucks or whatever it was and leveraged all of that and moved into part, got part, a couple different partners and they're looking to create business opportunities for you know, minorities and in Harlem specifically. Very cool. Uh, John Henry style is his handle on Instagram. You sure? I, I got to meet him down in, uh, in Florida back in, I want to say it was January this year. Had no idea, like, like you, who's John Henry? I'm literally sitting as close as we are right now at a table for dinner, at dinner, uh, at a Gary Vaynerchuk event. And not realizing he's the closing keynote speaker for tomorrow. And we just started bullshitting and talking about that. And I listened to your story and I listened to a lot of him and I see there's so much commonality and you, like you, you got very humbled. And I could see it when you were talking about all the mouths that are being fed as a result of the business that you're creating. Um, you seem to take that very personally. Yeah. And it's important to you. And it's, it's one of those things where that's not the side of the captain or handsome that people typically see, but you're not afraid to, to share that either. Yeah. I, I think those are more of the stories that I would love to see more of from, not just from you specifically, but from other people. Um, but so John Henry had a, had a show on vice vice land, I think was the network on TV uh, produced by Alicia keys and company. Mm-hmm. And it was all about these small business hustles. And I love those kind of shows, the profit and the hustle and all that kind of stuff. I see you have a lot of that. You have a lot of that in you. There's not that I think many people say you're not a good guy to begin with, but there's something, there's something in you that's bigger Thank you. that, that you're trying to achieve. And I don't know if you know it yet or if you understand it, but I think when you get that aha moment, I think a little bit of that ADD, ADHD will tone down. Because you'll be focused. It, it, like we talked about core values earlier. Yeah. You know, you got to come back to, there was a movie, um, Disney movie, Rise of the Guardians, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was all, you know, it was Easter Bunny and Tinka and uh, Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and all this other stuff. And there's one line in the movie, I'll never forget it, where Santa Claus's character's name was North. And he says, you always have to know where your center is. And I've never forgotten. I was watching a movie with my daughter. She was maybe three or four. Yeah. And it was like the most memorable line in any movie ever for me. (laughs) Wow. So you've got that in you. So um, let's, let's talk about a few more things before we wrap, because I know you got somewhere else you got to be, and I appreciate your time. What um, can you define who your target audience, ideal customer is right now? So in the, um, in the permit space, I mean, it's, it's massive. It's anybody in the real estate space from mortgage brokers to realtors, to obviously brokers, to uh, title people, attorneys, anybody that touches a property, investors, contractors, anybody that has to deal with a permit in any capacity. And that's from legalizing something that has, you know, was built 30 years ago to you're going to do a renovation. What people don't really understand about the permit world is this. You're really, I got, the only reason I know about this stuff is I've gotten in trouble everywhere. So that's how I learned this through the bumps and bruises, which now you guys can, can reap the benefit of. But I remember going into the building department and being like, I didn't think I need a permit for this. She goes, you do. I said, what do you need a permit for? She's like, well, that's like the lady there is very nice. She's like, well, that's a really long conversation. I'm like, how about this? What don't you need a permit for? And she's like, that's easy. Going over an existing roof, changing a window that's the same size, going over existing siding. That's it. That's it. Like, what do you mean? Like change a toilet bowl, you need a permit. Change your kitchen cabinet, you need a permit. You know, take sheetrock down, you need a permit. You need a permit for everything. For two reasons. I used to think it was because the uh, townships just wanted your money. They want your money, yes. But now that I meet a lot of investors and contractors, there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing the right thing. And you have to protect the consumer. And and they don't know. I'm glad you used those exact words because that's what I was going to say is the consumer doesn't know what the hell they don't know. No clue. Until it's too late. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, on the investment front, I'm looking for all kinds of opportunities and I work with everybody from homeowners to realtors, to attorneys, to an accountant. And that's, if you have any kind of house, any kind of raw land, I don't care if it's commercial. I do everything from buy a house in Bellport that I turn to a single family rental to buy three acres that I'm going to build some kind of a massive project and everything in between. So if you have something and the thing is, I built a reputation in business very, very fast by always taking care of people. Yeah. You always do. It's very, being successful is very simple, people. Very, very simple. First, 
do what you say. That's it. Takes a lifetime to establish a reputation and a minute to lose it. So that's it. That and share the money. Stop, you know, picking up pennies, stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Real quick example. People are like, why aren't you a realtor? I'm like, what do you mean? You could save the 2%. I'm like, let's think about this for a minute. The best of the best realtors at that point in time, when I told the story to somebody, I was, uh, I had just met Beth Lowe. I'm like, yep. Beth Lowe, outstanding person. You got to get her on here. Yeah. Amazing. Very close. I saw her last night. And the last three times we've been in the same room together, the night ended and we hadn't had a chance to connect, but I'm going to reach out to her. And her story is amazing. She's really a total is. powerhouse. And an agent of her caliber that'll sell 40, 50, 60, 80 homes a year. Maybe she comes across one, maybe two cat pee stinking houses a year. Now let's think about this logically. I could not be a realtor. Give that to her. She comes to me. I buy the property. I do an amazing job. It's back on the market in eight weeks. I put a lockbox on there, give her two sets of keys, write the description, and we have a great time doing it. And she lists it and she makes her money. Who do you think she's calling? Yep. Nobody else but me. Yeah. And you know what? I don't have the time. I don't, I can't deal with it. Well, that's it. So, you know, just, uh, I'm not always a fan of stay in your lane, but there were time and places where stay in your lane and do what you do. If you had to do, what a real estate agent had to do on a daily basis and deal with the different kinds of BS that you're not used to dealing with. Now you spend most of your day dealing with BS and never being productive and never being able to serve anybody. Time is the toughest thing. And, and listen, I, I guessed you up yesterday. I'm going to guess you up again today because I've dealt with hundreds of realtors. The level of service that you're providing and what you're doing is unprecedented. I appreciate that. It's Very few, if any people are doing Facebook ads, they're on top of it as much as possible. They know who's coming in, when they're leaving, what the feedback was. I mean, you call an agent, typical agent. Listen, there's some agents that I always give the deal back to the agents because that's who I am and that's how I maintain my reputation. Right. But there's some agents that I have to drag across the finish line yeah. and I will get way less money on a house because they're not doing it on the level that you or somebody else I like appreciate that, is. that. You know, it's, uh, I, I appreciate the compliment and the kind words. It's, it's what I've learned to do over the years. And like I said, I, I'm kind of a dinosaur in this business because I've been at it for over 20 years and I'm, I'm getting closer to that average age of realtors around the country because so many of them are, are older in age and that's not a, an ageism issue at all. There's many of them that are fantastic, but if we don't start getting more young people in here who understand it or people who think like I do, you know, I don't just look at what is, what is the typical 45 to 55 year old, which is my demographic. What do they do? I'm watching what the 18 the 20 and the 25 year olds are doing. And like the post we put up earlier today, you've got to communicate with people in a way that they want to be communicated with. Yes. And I got news for you. Fax machines are going away. Um, <laughs> you know, we, not everybody wants to pick up the phone and talk. Um, which not that's every, a huge problem. Yeah. But the reality of it is I could communicate with you and give you every piece screenshot of everything we've got and send it to you in Instagram direct messenger. But if I don't know you live there, you're not going to get it. Yeah. So one of the first questions I ask most people when they agree to do business with us is what's your preferred method of communication? If it means I got to get on Snapchat or TikTok to send you a message, guess what? This old man's going to get on Snapchat and TikTok and that's how you're going to get your message. And Very I know smart. that. And it makes, it just makes life so much easier. Everybody else doesn't have, if only one person has to learn something new to communicate and everyone else is getting it, we're fine. Okay. I'm just going to warn you. There's a good chance I screw up a few times, but I'm going to make every effort and you're going to be able to laugh at me. Um, we're just keeping track of time because I don't want to, I don't want to keep uh, any no, longer okay. than I have to. So um, the hand signals are not obscene gestures. So no. just notices the minutes that this we're is running. your show. You, uh, you tell me when it starts so, and when it stops. You know, I, it's I, I, greatly appreciate the opportunity to do business with you. You know, when we had this one listing that came up and you were all over it and you solved the problem for my client, you were not my client at the time. Um, I've since become your client because like you said, you give the business back and, and I'm going to do everything in my power so that, cause I look at it this way. If, if I do a great job for you, even if I never bring you another opportunity, I win. You know, I'll get paid. That's terrific. And the, and the paychecks are never bad in this business if you do it right. But I know that I've served you in a way that makes you happy and content. And if I never get the opportunity to do business with you again, if I see you on the street or I see, hell, every time I sign on to 50% of the time I sign on to MLS, I'm seeing your ads on the landing page anyway. <laughs> so it, it, it gives me that smile. And I want to be there to support people who are doing good things. And I, I think that's why we connected. We're very much, I think we're very much in line with, 
an HR director once looked at me and says, you have very much have that servant leader personality. You've got to learn to establish it and embrace it. And it was about two years ago. And I'm learning little bits about it. But I think you've got that. I think you've got a lot of those same traits in you. And that's that. It, I, I say that with the highest of compliments for you. Oh, um, I appreciate that. You're a good guy. Now, the one thing I did notice while we're sitting here, you've noticed my mother always yells at me when she watches the podcast. because She is my number one viewer. I'm normally the, the Italian in me is always coming out. The hands are going crazy. And I heard you talk about massive energy before. So most of the day today, I've just been playing a little bit of a mind game. I'm sitting here with my hands crossed and I'm watching how toned down you are. I'm not sure if I like this guy. So next time I'm coming and yelling and screaming like you. <laughs> Charles, any questions that you have for our audience? Any, any last minute tips, ideas, suggestions? Um, what can we do? What can my audience do to be of help to you? I mean, listen, you're amazing. You guys are amazing. I love what you're doing. You, you're a huge driving force for me. I wanted to touch on something real quick um, that I thought of while you were just speaking was I'm a big energy guy. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's all about energy. As I get older, I just, I kind of feel things. Yep. So you do the right thing because you put positive <laughs> energy out in the world and it sounds like kind of cosmic and weird, but like I only have people that are great, have great energy around me. And if someone comes in that's negative, I cut it yeah. fast. Uh, core values. It, it goes back to that same conversation. It completely screws with the dynamic of what I'm doing. I have to do the right thing for people all the time. And I need a certain kind of person around me. And I feel that that becomes and has become for me such an unbelievable, unstoppable force in life that that's what propels this machine to where it needs to go ultimately. I love it. So I apologize for my psychological experiment, but I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm always trying to learn something weird and new. Uh, and I got I to gotta give myself a little bit of a lesson today. Um, we're going we're gonna to link up all of, all of Charles' uh, social media and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you updates as to how you can find him. If you ever can't, feel free to reach out to me. I'll connect you. Uh, he, is, he is by far one of, one of the most genuine people I've ever met in my 20 plus years in this business. And thank it's you. an honor to have you sitting in my office with thank me. Thank you, sir. Honor Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Weinraub, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you know anybody who could benefit from this, if you have ideas on guests that you'd like to see, if you'd like to be a guest on our show, hit us up with a comment, direct message, whatever it is, find us somewhere. You know how to do that. If you're watching or listening here, you get it. So thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Go make the world a better place for somebody else today. Take care.